Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. I'm joined by Travis Ryer, the longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com. You can get the Talking Tide podcast on Twitter. Our handle there is Talking underscore Tide. Give us a follow. You will get links to all of our podcasts as soon as they drop right there. And of course, you can get the podcast. Uh, wherever you prefer to get them online, Apple Podcasts, and as well, we are live on YouTube and Facebook. want to thank our sponsor, Peter Brook Chocolatier of Tuscaloosa. More on them a little bit later in the program. An abbreviated uh, podcast for you here on a Wednesday night. Travis, we jump in. Not a lot of big breaking news over the last week or two. I guess you'd expect that um, at this time of year. But SEC media days are upon us. They get going next week. We're going to touch on that a little bit, touch on Tommy Reese as well. We're going to hit that two deep tumbler uh, before we get out too. But the first, the SEC media days, Travis, I believe next Wednesday is when uh, Nick Saban will take the stage. Going to be in Nashville, Music City for a change uh, for SEC media days. And, of course, it's going to be Kool-Aid McKinstry, J.C. Latham, and Dallas Turner representing the Crimson Tide. The names for each school's representatives released several days ago. Um, quickly, Travis, I guess we'll just kind of start with uh, some thoughts on Saban's choices on who to bring here uh, with these three. I would say the extent of the star power really going into the 2023 season anyway, Chase. You talk about three guys that during this offseason – if you're into the way-too-early first-round mocks for the 2024 NFL Draft, those are three guys that have been prominent uh, in those rankings. So, yeah, I would say sensible maybe the word I would use to describe those choices to make that trip with Nick Saban. McKinstry, a guy um, who is being lauded as one of the top cornerbacks in the country for what's probably going to be his final season, no surprise there. Uh, certainly deserved a claim going into his third season in the program, uh, especially with what he was able to do, in my opinion, as a return guy last year. As you, as you recall, he kind of got thrown into the into the mix as a return guy uh, last year with the injury to, to JoJo Earl. Had a little bit of uh, a snag early in that role with uh, ball security. Uh, but, boy, ended up taking care of that problem in pretty short order, making some plays. Apart from what he brings as a corner who's got the length and the speed to stay with some of the best receivers in the game, uh, what do you think about what that return ability might do for his profile here coming up in 23? Can't hurt, right? I think, though, with the way he is being regarded as a corner first and foremost – it's not something he needs to maybe help put him over the top. You know, maybe it would have helped Brian Branch more so than a Kool-Aid McKinstry. And we saw Branch last season when given the opportunity. He wasn't bad back there either. But uh, first and foremost, as you know, uh, the value of, of being a top corner like he is, uh, that goes as a standalone uh, sort of designation for him. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though. I mean, because starting with Texas on September the 9th, you're going to have a wide receiver core for the Longhorns that come in there uh, that I don't think are going to be passive in the way of taking its shots at Kool-Aid. Obviously, 
the preference is going to be maybe you get matchups against Earl Little Jr. if he's the guy at star. Uh, maybe you go against a Terry and Arnold or a, a Trey Amos or whoever that other corner is opposite of Kool-Aid. But, boy, Xavier Worthy and the rest of those guys from Texas with Quinn Ewers pulling the trigger, um, he's going to get opportunities uh, even with that reputation, I think, Chase. Yeah, they'll go after him, some of these quarterbacks. I don't think there's any doubt about it, um, but uh, he, he's certainly – uh, the anchor back there and what is going to be a young secondary overall. He and Malachi Moore by far have the most experience back there, game experience. And so uh, a lot expected for him from him for sure. Uh, as for Nick Saban at Media Days, Travis, really quickly, uh, a couple of the questions, big questions that we know he'll be asked. Certainly he'll be asked about the quarterback situation I'm sure people will probably try to uh, get under his hood a little bit on the 24 schedule. I doubt he'll want to say much about a, a schedule that's that's a year plus away. Um, but beyond that, what, what are your thoughts on some of the things that uh, the reporters at Media Days will try to pin him down on? Well, just another year with uh, new coordinators, right? I know we're going to talk about Tommy Reese. Kevin Steele, that previous experience working with Nick, how does that benefit both of those parties in 2023? So coaching staff, I would think, would be a part of that. But, you know, other than quarterback, there's still some glaring uh, sort of competitions that are going to be ongoing uh, heading into fall camp, starting with the offensive tackle position opposite J.C. Latham, uh, you're going to have a couple of new full-time starting inside linebackers. Yes, Deontay Lawson has played a good bit of football, especially last season, but uh, you got some key guys stepping away there right up the middle of that defense, really. Uh, the safety positions, inside linebacker. Uh, it's not just a quarterback thing. I mean, frankly, it kind of surprises me to, to see people sort of already penciling Alabama into the college football playoff. I think the talent is certainly there, but as far as questions to answer, starting with the quarterback position, um, plenty for this team going into fall camp. And no doubt about it. I, I think the, the chalk, as they say, for a West favorite in the preseason, has got to be LSU, right? I mean, they won the division last year. They're bringing back a, a, a quarterback who, who led that charge. Uh, they're bringing back Harold Perkins, who very well might prove to be the the DPOY in the league. Um, does that sound familiar, right? right. <laughs> Bryce Young, Will Anderson, uh, so, absolutely. You know, and I, I think that I think that'll be interesting with Dallas uh, in Nashville. Is kind of you expected Dallas to be more along the lines of the buzz that Harold Perkins is getting going into this season. And it's not Dallas as much. Now, again, I think there's there's plenty of folks out there that understand the talent he is, hence where we see him in these first-round mocks for 2024. But as far as that dynamic edge guy or sort of that versatile all-around playmaker at linebacker, it's it's not Dallas. It's it's Perkins. It is. And I, th I think there's a little bit of a parallel to be drawn between the year Perkins had last year and the year Turner had as a freshman in 21. Mm -hmm. I say that because neither one of them made a hell of a lot of noise in the first half of the season. And then they both turned it on. Right. And we mm -hmm. remember 
Uh, Turner wasn't even on the field a whole lot early in the year in 21. Uh, you had the injury to Drew Sanders, uh, and uh, you know he he ends up he ends up seeing a lot of action and just had a whale of a second half of the season. Kind of made a name for himself uh, in 22. It didn't appear to me that Turner took much of a step forward. wasn't a bad player, but he certainly didn't explode onto the scene either. Uh, whereas Perkins is is kind of coming off that year where where he lit it up in the in the second half of the year, and, let, and that's when most of the big games get played. Certainly, postseason included. No doubt about it. And you were thinking there would be this springboard effect for Dallas Turner going into his sophomore season, coming off the back half of that freshman campaign, and look. You know, there's only so many sacks and quarterback hurries, I guess, that can be had when you're playing opposite of Will Anderson. But certainly more was expected of Dallas Turner in 2022 than the four sacks that he produced after eight and a half as a true freshman. So you got to think coming off a of spring in which he sat out, got well, got healthy, you hope anyway, uh, along with Will Anderson moving on to the NFL. It's, it's right in front of Dallas Turner in, in 2023 and a guy that you can use in a lot of different ways. Um, I would say not exactly the same way you used or tried to use Will at times, especially last season. Um, but you can move Will, you can move Dallas Turner around. You can put him inside some and some different looks, especially in passing situations. Uh, he can play the jack. He can play either of those outside linebacker positions are pretty much interchangeable, and uh, you can get creative with it. Let's pan out a little bit before we leave the media day subject, Travis, to the quarterbacks on the overall. Only five quarterbacks coming to SEC media days, K.J. Jefferson, Will Rogers, Jaden Daniels, uh, Joe Milton is going to be there. Uh, it's, uh, you know, you think back to the years where, you had, you know, Manziel and McCarron and Aaron Murray all there at, at, at SEC Media Days. You want to talk about some star power, um, some good quarterbacks here. But, you know, with the transient nature of quarterbacks and the portal now, I think to some and – the, and these are good quarterbacks. Daniels, is, I think, had a heck of a year. I expect him to have a, a big year. Rodgers is a record breaker. K.J. Jefferson had a big season for Arkansas last year. Uh, but Rodgers and Jefferson don't play for programs that anybody expects to, to win a conference championship. Uh, so that takes something off of their profile, uh, no fault of their own. Uh, but in terms of name recognition, Travis, I, I wonder if – college football as a whole isn't starting to go through um, a little bit of, of what we saw happen to college basketball when the one and done craze kind of, kind of ripped the guts out of name recognition in college hoops. Yeah. You know, especially when you consider the quarterbacks a year ago around the league. Right. Um, and so, and you, I think you touched on it when Alabama and Georgia are going through quarterback transition, you know, that's when you're typically probably going to have a lineup like this at the quarterback position. Now, you still got some really good competitions going on around the league, too. I mean, Auburn's having a competition. Um, you know, I guess Ole Miss to an extent, although you expect Jackson Dart to be the guy once again um, in 2023. Um, you got Max Johnson still. 
banging around in the SEC, trying to compete with Connor Wiegman down there at Texas A&M, who I think Connor Wiegman of the quarterbacks who isn't going to be in uh, in Nashville this time around or the SEC media days. I think he's the guy that could come off as the the guy that we're talking about the most by the end of the season, especially with that wide receiver core and that skill talent in general he's going to have to work with. Rifle arm on Weedman. There's no yep. doubt. There, there's pro talent there with with him. Uh, the, the velocity gets a, a big fat check mark with that kid. So uh, be interesting to see what kind of year uh, he has as a sophomore in College Station. All right, moving on quickly, Travis. Tommy Reese, his name has been connected to this Northwestern opening. Uh, not necessarily a strong connection, but, but his name's been – Kicked around, obviously Northwestern has has got a hire to make uh, in the aftermath of of this Pat Fitzgerald firing, which uh, is a wild story in and of itself, as we know, just just awful uh, for sure. Uh, But your thoughts on uh, the possibility, quickly, the the connection here, he knows Chicago, he played high school ball there, Lake Forest High School, and of course he was a GA at Northwestern in 2015 uh so you know he does have those connections although to me travis i don't i don't see northwestern going in that direction only because with the situation that happened there i think if you're the ad and and you're you're trying to pick the right coach to come behind a mess like that I think you almost have to go with a guy with head coaching experience, which Reese does not have. Yeah. And if you're Reese and we've seen this with previous Alabama coordinators, I mean, there's been some power five jobs that Alabama coordinators just weren't that interested in. And if you're Tommy Reese, do you really want to walk into that situation from his perspective, even if it were made available to you? I hear what you're saying. You would think, Absolutely. You'd want someone with head coaching experience. Um, But I could also make a case for if you could find someone like the Big Ten version of Sam Pittman might be a real unifying sort of guy uh, at a place like Northwestern. I think it's going to take that kind of energy too, that type of persona. Um, You know, Tommy, you said it. I think we're at the connect the dot stage of the coaching search in Evanston. So when you start thinking about connections and ties and previous stints in the program, he checks those boxes. But again, uh, I think you could look at it from both sides of that sort of equation and say, why, you know, why would you go that direction? Right. Right. All right. The Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up podcast network. Uh, Moving on, I want to thank uh, Peter Brook Chocolatier, our fine sponsor. Why Why don't you tell us a little more about him, Travis? Oh, you know what it is. It's July, right? And so, and you know what today was, or is still, I guess, we still got a little bit of time, was a Wednesday. So every Wednesday in the month of July, you can go by Peterbrook Chocolatier right there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Ask for your free scoop of gelato on Wednesdays. Don't go in there on Monday or Thursday and say, you know, I... I thought about coming Wednesday, couldn't make it. I'd like to defer my free scoop of gelato to Friday. One scoop, please. Yeah. No, it's got to be on Wednesdays, but they're going to do it for you. Free scoop of gelato every Wednesday in the month of July at Peter Brook Chocolatier, 1530 
McFarland Boulevard North in Tuscaloosa, right there in the Indian Hill section of T-Town. All right. Pretty Brook Chocolatier. Get over and check them out for sure. Love that place. Uh, pretty much anytime I go to Southern Ale House for lunch, uh, which is a friend of the program as well, Travis, I pop into Ooh. Peter Brook. He just... You, it's a pairing kind of thing, you know, that, that post-lunch walking out of Southern Ale, you got to pop in there and, and get some kind of chocolate. Peterbrook Chocolatier does a fantastic job. All right, the Talking Tide podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. Moving on uh, real quickly, we're going to jump in that two-deep tumbler uh, like we've been doing for much of the summer here in a second. But before we do that, really quick, Travis, uh, a quick note on former Alabama running back Mark Ingram. He's moving on from his playing days and has joined uh, Fox Sports. He's going to be part of the uh, team on the Big Noon Kickoff Studio Show on Fox. Uh, ironically enough, a former Heisman Trophy winning New Orleans Saint replacing huh. a former Heisman Trophy winning New Orleans Saint because Reggie Bush moving out of that role uh, and uh, Mark Ingram going right into that Reggie Bush seat. So there you go. What do you think? Yeah, you know we're getting old when these guys we covered 10, 12, 13 years ago are now officially moving on to television or sports media. Right. And Mark will do great. Uh, you know, he'll hammer it. He's got the energy. Uh, he's got uh, a great understanding of the game, obviously. Uh, he keeps it fun but informative. So – uh, kind of interesting that, you know, he has to work in uh, a situation where I guess it'll be mostly Big 12 and Big 10, I guess. Uh, but good for Mark. You know, it's that, that entryway into it. I think he did the sideline reporting for the Crimson Tide Sports Network for the Sugar Bowl, um, you know, to end last season. So he got a little bit of a taste with that, too. He's, he's done that before. Uh, so good for Mark, man. Got through it. Got through football. It looks like in pretty good shape from a health perspective. Go have fun with the broadcasting and keep making those big checks. Greg McElroy, quarterbacks that 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 Mark Ingram uh, squad. Of course, they they were. He's in the media now. You got Mark Ingram. Uh, you want to say is Julio Jones next for the media, Travis? But you know Julio is not going to take a media job. That's you not know, who he I, is. I, I keep waiting. Maybe Dante Hightower. I think Dante would be sure. really good. Uh, whether it was within the the Patriots organization, maybe, or on a national network doing college. maybe he doesn't have an interest in it. Um, mm -hmm. But I always thought Dante would would be a, a good guy, uh, a good option in that in that realm too. Barrett Jones uh, from that era Barrett's took a dip in, uh, in the media, yeah. sports media as well. Absolutely. All right, moving on to the two deep tumbler before we get out of here, Travis. Let's give it a quick spin and uh, see who comes out. Spend a quick minute talking about one or two. I feel like I feel like we're at the Knights of Columbus on like a Tuesday. You know, <laughs> B. 17. Tumblr has a mind of its own. I 17. Can't get them out of this thing without dropping one. All right. Uh, coming out of the Tumblr right now, Travis, we got number 16. That would be veteran kicker Will Reichard. Oh, speaking of 17s, wow. Kind of called that one. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, wow. Back to back numbers here 15 and 16. So, with 15, we've got a, a double jersey there. 
with Ty Simpson and Dallas Turner. Oh, and then okay. uh, Riker, uh, Will Reichert, of course, makes 16. We, we've already kind of hit on Dallas, so we don't need to, we probably don't need to uh, travel back on uh, his upcoming season. We just talked about it a few minutes ago. Uh, but uh, Ty Simpson and Will Reichert, let's start with Reichert, Travis. This guy um, could go down, should go down already, I think, is, is, is one of the best kickers Alabama's ever had. Um, made a decision to leave Alabama early, enter the draft, accepted a senior bowl invitation. Uh, certainly looked like he was gone, long gone at one point. Uh, Not and even then, gone. <laughs> that's right. Yep. Uh, and uh, no, decides I, I, I think... uh, with a change of heart, come back for one more year in 2023. Uh, you as a former kicker, you're our – you're our special teams expert as a former kicker, Travis. What are your thoughts on uh, on Will Reichert's final year? I think he already is the, the best to do it at Alabama. And I understand he doesn't have the school record for maybe the longest kick. Um, but, you know, some of those came in an era before kicks, field goals, extra points were off the ground. Remember, you go back pre-1989, I want to say it was, everything was off the block. He had a one-inch or a two-inch block. And it kind of pains me to say that because my favorite Alabama kicker of all time is Van Tiffin. Not even right. close. That was my formative years kicker pretty much at Alabama. And uh, you talk about the biggest of moments, Van had some of those. So, uh, But Will is, I think he's, what, the all-time leading scorer in UA history. Um, made some big kicks. I know he had the miss at Tennessee late last season, but – you know, Will has even had big kicks in games that Alabama lost that people forget about, like mm. the big one late at LSU last year. What was that, 46, 47 yards into the right. valley, and he drills one very, very late. Uh, so, no, he's just been a model of consistency. You know, I don't know if his pro projection is, is super. Um, you know, I, I think uh, – you know, there's some guys that have come before him uh, that, that have made it to the league, so I wouldn't rule it out entirely. I just, in terms of range, you know, and, and firepower, uh, horsepower, that, that might be a little bit of a concern for him. But, man, at this level, and and for what Alabama needs this year, breaking a new quarterback, I mean, you might be depending on a kicker more than you have in the last five or six years to, to provide big points because they may not come as easily offensively as they have in the last five or six years. Yeah, and they got a big taste last year of coming down to the wire in a lot of games. Mm -hmm. They played five close games last year, Travis. Four of those five pretty much came down to the final play or the final series. Uh, so they, uh, they needed Will Reichard probably more than they ever have last year. And they made him, may need him just as much or more in 2023. All right, real quick before we get out of here, uh, number 15, Ty Simpson, the backup quarterback competing with Jalen Milrow for that starting position. Um, neither he nor Milrow lit it up on A-Day, that's for sure. Uh, but the competition, I think it's pretty clear, Travis, that it remains wide open, especially with uh, – uh, a transfer portal guy coming in and, and Buckner from Notre Dame. So uh, Simpson's uh, continues to be uh, in a battle that'll carry into fall camp. Yeah, it's kind of a good news, bad news into spring drills and into 
the interim month of May, I guess you could say, it, it was bad news for Ty in that, um, you know, the, the decision was made to bring in another quarterback to compete in Tyler Buckner. But it wasn't the worst news because it meant that, well, Ty was still in this thing. And I, I still think, you know, this is a young guy. And so regardless of how it shakes out, he, he may win the job. But even if he doesn't, there can be some more patience, I would think, exhibited by Ty Simpson based on where he's at and his eligibility clock as compared to, say, Jalen Milrow, who is another year ahead of him. So that's going to be a fascinating aspect of all this, depending on how it plays out. If Buckner wins the job, all eyes are going to shift to Milrow uh, and Simpson, much like they did when the decision was made to bring in Buckner. And both those guys decided to hang around and, and compete in the preseason. So I think Simpson has the attributes you need to be a starter, uh, in the Southeastern Conference, I think he checks the boxes of the kind of quarterback that Tommy Reese likes because we talked about, I think the run game is going to be a part of this thing with this quarterback battle too. I think the biggest thing for these three quarterbacks that are considered to be the primary candidates isn't just that you can run, is that you're very willing. You're a very willing participant in the quarterback run game. If you have an attitude of, well, I'll do it because I have to. Right. None of these guys are good enough passers, I guess is what I'm saying, Chase, to have anything close to an attitude of, and I'm not saying any three of them do, but that's one thing that could be a divider or a separator in all this is if one of these three guys like, I'm running it because I got to run it. I'm not running it because I really want to. Right, right. And I think the challenge for Simpson is – he he's competing against the best athlete on the roster for this job. Right. And so for me, I don't think it's going to be enough for Ty Simpson to battle Jalen Milrow to a draw in the passing game, because if that's what happens, Milrow is going to be your guy because he's the best athlete they got. I, in my opinion, yeah. on the whole, as long team. as he's good, as long as he's good with 10 to 12 design runs a game, there's right. no question. Yeah. In that scenario, no doubt. So, uh, you know, that's, that's part of the challenge, I think, for Simpson. But, again, you know, if you kind of read between the lines in spring practice, listening to Saban, uh, is, and sometimes you don't have to read between the lines because no. Saban's pretty clear about this. They, they got the, the guy who makes um, better decisions and doesn't turn the ball over as much is going to have uh, the, ins, the pole position, right, the inside track, I think, to win this job. Clearly, neither Milrow nor Simpson uh, is standing out enough, I don't think, in that way at this point. Uh, but if Simpson uh, is able to show to be the best decision maker they've got in fall camp, that's his best path. Yeah. And I, I think the attraction to Buckner may have been as much and again this is a guy they did not bring in as a camp arm he's in there to win to try to win the job is that while he didn't always execute i'm sure the way tommy reese would have preferred when you talk about turnovers and ball security but just within the framework of okay this is the way i need the quarterback to play in this offense mm -hmm. and they probably have watched tape of the notre dame offense or buckner prior to all of this and now it's well he's here it's not just tape that i'm i'm trying to get across now this guy's actually here 
right. um, in terms of, again, run pass uh, and those type of things that you're going to have to get out of the quarterback position. Because these aren't elite passers. I mean, I think Ty has the most upside maybe of the three, but not by a huge margin. Um, but right now where they're all at as passers, they're, they're, they're you know, solid to mediocre. Is what I would say, and 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 again, some of these guys, one or two of these guys, have room for growth. Uh, the concern with uh, one or two of them too, though, is how close are they already to their ceiling when it comes to that? Right, right. Going to be hearing a lot about those guys and that battle next week at SEC Media Days. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide Podcast on the Belly Up Podcast Network. I always. I always say we're going to run short when we when we run short, and then we end up a regular length podcast. Here we are sitting at 29 minutes, Travis. So uh, so much for a short one. Uh, but uh, at any rate, it's been a lot of fun as it always is. We will not do a podcast this coming Sunday, uh, but maybe look for one midweek next week. Maybe Wednesday, Thursday, we recap Alabama's day at SEC Media Days. That's uh, that's your programming note. And uh, that's going to do it for us. So for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com, I'm Chase Goodbread, sports columnist with the Tuscaloosa News. And we'll talk to you next time right here on Talking Tide.